One, two, three. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode, very delayed episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Derek. How are you, Derek? Are you freshly uh, refreshed? <laughs> I'm fully refreshed. All your margaritas from Mexico, all the tacos and margaritas you were drinking down there? Oh, yeah. Well, Lots of tacos and drinking margaritas. Drinking margaritas, eating tacos. Yeah. Oh, I did it all. Ate them and drank them. Oh, baby. I'm so jealous. I want to go to Mexico. Amy and I went to Mexico years ago, and uh, before we had kids, and I can't imagine taking kids. <laughs> How was that with kids? Was that? Uh, it was a delight. Is... We had a swim yeah. out suite, so we swam oh, out. Wow. And oh, bro, you did big baby, dude, oh, you swim wow. out, right. and then they had the little guy giving drinks down the way, what? and so you just go get drinks, and we, and you can ask for ones for the kids. So we'd bring mar- strawberry daiquiris for us, strawberry daiquiris oh, nice. for the kids. Sit by yeah, the pool, right. mm. drink it up. Mm-mm-mm. I think Arlo's a little young for that, man. I think Remy, is Remy six? Or is he five? five? Five. Okay. So Linus is six. Arlo's four. I feel like Arlo's too young. I don't know. Arlo would get lost in, in the forest in Mexico. Like, <laughs> the monkeys would I take him. see him again. <laughs> yeah. He'd grow up. I'd, I'd see him 20 years from now with Tarzan swinging from, swinging from uh, vines sure. or something in the, in the rainforest down there. Yeah, at but, least he'll uh, have a story. Yeah. At least he'll a good story. Well, he won't speak English, though. I guess maybe, well, maybe he'll speak a little. He's a big monkey. on it. Who knows? Uh, well, Derek, you were out of town. Um, I have had, man, a, a goddamn week, dude. I am ready for this week to be over. Um, well, Arlo's class closed because of COVID. So he was at home. Uh, and he's only five, so he can't. Have, they don't have the vaccine, so they closed the class. So he was home. Then our damn fridge went out. So I was dealing with like... You know, getting all the crap out the freezer. We, you know, we go to New Orleans. I buy all this meat. I had boudin. I had pickle meat from uh, to make my red beans. I had green onion sausage, man. I had some. Uh, I had tasso. I had all this stuff in there, and I was like, I am not letting this meat go bad. So um, I got we got a Yeti not long ago, which I was at first I was like, yeah, this is a lot of money for a nice chest, man. But I tell you what, ooh, save my meat, Derek. Save my meat. So I got uh, got that Yeti filled up with ice. Got all my meat. Oh, what a goddamn week, dude. I, still, I tell you what, I'm ready this week to be over. <laughs> I didn't have any way to like keep my beer cold, man. I needed a beer so bad this week. Oh, dude. Oh. I tell you what, uh, after this day's over, anyway. I've been having a week myself <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> I, I'll, uh, I'll I'll get a little virtual beer with you, maybe. We can do that. Right on, man. Let's nice. do it. I might crack one open. <laughs> Hold on one minute. Let me get one. <laughs> <laughs> we totally uh, anyway. should. Um, so yeah, anyway, so we're back. So we had a week, uh, we, we, it's been a while since we recorded, since we had one out. Sorry about that. I know you guys have been patiently waiting. Doug, I'm very sorry. I know Doug is out there just every, every, every five minutes he's hitting refresh. He's listening. Yeah, he's waiting. App, waiting for another episode, but we've been busy, you know, summer's hard, man, with stuff with the kids. Um, but I tell you what, we got something to look forward to. Uh, I was on a podcast this past week, Derek, talking about product design, specifically enterprise software enterprise ux design on an awesome little podcast that i was excited to be a part of called the product design podcast with uh my, my new buddy seth uh so be on the lookout for that we're gonna post that in the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll probably send out like a newsletter or something when that comes out so oh, nice. if you're a ux designer and you care about that stuff at all talked a lot about why i love enterprise ux and stuff so that was pretty cool i had a good time very cool man so uh yeah it was fun so um anyway derek what are we talking about today? So I was talking to you recently, okay? 
and we were just talking. We were just shooting, shooting the shooting the junk as the as it was, shooting the, shooting as the it was and were. And the thought came to me: we have a lot of uh, a lot of things going on in in uh, the world right now in each of our businesses. A lot of them are just hanging on to survive, and some some of them are kind of saying, "Look, all this innovative software ideas you have, all the." All the UX and, you know, crazy automation stuff. Put that to the side right now because we just need to get these orders out the door. And it made me think, we have some opportunities if if we're in that situation or if you, dear listener, in that situation. And I wanted to talk about what our options really are. That's a good question. Well, what were you thinking, Derek? I'm curious. (laughs) Well, I was kind of thinking, like, you can accept it for what it is and say, all right, well, this is how it is. This is where I work. This is what I deal with. You can push back and say, you know, maybe even in this tumultuous time, it's even more important to focus on these specific aspects, whether it's your software quality or your automation or your UX. Maybe it's pushing back and saying, hey, the priorities you have, maybe you're being too aggressive with those priorities, and maybe we should lighten that, focus on some other things while things are kind of crazy. Uh, and just keep the lights on with the other uh, amount of our energy. You could leave. There's <laughs> another one. Um, you could just get, go on get now. As Catherine would say, she always throws in the now. I'm a go on get guy myself. Um, I'm with you on that one. Well, I heard the original, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, is that what? So, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, what what other things do you think you could do in a situation like this, and how do you view a situation like this, were you to be thrust yeah. into a world mm-hmm. such as this? Are you asking me specifically? <laughs> are you? Oh yeah, I'm you asking, asking you. you the, this isn't rhetorical. Oh, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not asking, asking you, the listener. Asking you the, the, the listener. No, no. <laughs> what do you think? A rhetorical <laughs> question for our for our listeners out there. Um, I would have done, so I, I done interesting, this because yeah. this kind of comes down. <laughs> this comes down to uh, you know uh, my good buddy Simon Sinek. We're we're very good friends. Um, and uh, I say that because I've watched all of his YouTube videos. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that idea of your why, finding your why. And, and I think that's where this comes back to is you ask yourself, like, what what am I trying to do? Why? Am, and, 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 you know, does does this mission of where I am today, even though it might not be ideal, um, does it match my overall mission? And, and once this hard time is through, will we be back to a point where where we'll, our mission will be aligned again? Um, or not, or is it time for me to move on? I think that for me, at least it it boils down to something very similar to that. You know, I think about in, in different places, you know, you mentioned specifically like a manufacturing company, they're focused on manufacturing shipping products. Um, and if you're, you know, in that industry, for instance, and, and you're building software, it makes sense, right? What's the point of building really great software for a product that never gets shipped? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't manage the this you can't use the software to manage a, a thing you don't have in your hand. So what's the point? And if you want that company to survive, then then you kind of roll with the punches for a little while. And ultimately, I think if um, you know, the answer for you is is well, I'm going to wait it out and do what I can to keep the supply chain moving or whatever it is, then maybe I do want to stick around. Um, or you can say, you know, maybe it's time to move on. What are some things that may lead you one way or the other? Some yeah. indicators or things you know, like that. I think personally, this is something I've I've actually given this advice to various people over the years, and I I think I found this. This might even be Simon Sinek or or maybe one of those other 
you know, LinkedIn <laughs> leadership uh, gurus or whatever that post one-liners. But uh, I, I think it's, you know, find the leader that you want to work for and, and work for them. Okay. Right? And if that's your leader today, stick with that leader. If it's not your leader today, even in the good times, maybe it's maybe it's time to leave and find that person that you want to work with. You know, and I think often this is the advice I, I, I give, and I, I heard this again somewhere. This isn't, I didn't come up with this, but it's, you know, I, you could probably do any number of things for a living with the right leader. Maybe this is an extreme case, but I, I wouldn't mind digging ditches, you know, if I'm being inspired and led by the right person. So I think, uh, you know, there again, if I had the most amazing job in the world, you know, on paper at least, the most amazing job in the world, and my boss was just a miserable asshole and I couldn't stand him, would I want to stay there? <laughs> Or would it be you time know, to leave? You know, it's funny. It's not just your why. It's also your who. Your who so yeah. who you're working for, <laughs> who you're working with, your how, the things mm-hmm. that you're actually, the capabilities you have. Like, you know, I know people who are in the software industry who can't use modern software tools. How mm-hmm. frustrating must that be? You mm-hmm. can't use an IDE that is the like the one that's built for your technology oh my God, I'd be pulling my hair out. What are they using, like text edit? <laughs> some of them, some oh of them are using, uh, you know, slightly more advanced text editors to do very difficult work that other tools are built to handle. There's your mm-hmm. what too, you know? Right. It's not, so your why is sort of seems like not the thing you're working on at, at work. Like it's it's not the car you're building or the, you know, machine you're tooling it's not the you know the audio equipment you're calibrating it's like it's what ties all that work together it's like solving problems really hard problems it's like is like your why you know so but like now i'm starting to wonder if like if one of those things gets tripped up or gets sort of deviates from what is like your thing if any of those could make you want to leave you know what i mean well, they could, yeah. One of them could throw the others out of out of balance. Out of whack, yeah. Bit, right. Yeah. So you know, I guess use my example, and I hope my, I wonder if my boss is listening. <laughs> he probably, <laughs> I doubt he does. Uh, but uh, you know, if uh, if he is, I don't want him to think I'm leaving or anything. But um, you know, if I ask myself, for instance, you know, I think about my why. We've talked a little bit about this, and if you listen to the Product Design Podcast in a few weeks, you can hear my why as well. But uh, you know, my why, I, I really, I really love enterprise software design, building things for people who are using them to do work because I love the idea of making someone's day better. And Mm. for me, it's hard to find a more uh, impactful way to make someone's day better than a tool that they're using for 40 hours or so a week, right? More than, you know, I order order a dinner, right? Or I order a car or I reserve, buy tickets online or something, right? That's a one-off ad hoc thing. It's very hard to make someone's day better consistently with those types of commercial apps. And for me, at least, for enterprise software, someone that's using my tool day in and day out, I have a much more uh, much more impact on their, their daily life. So I love enterprise software for that reason. So to me, though, that why doesn't limit even what I do, right? It could be software design. It could be product management. It could be program management. It could be any number of things that would improve someone's day at work. Yeah. Right? It doesn't necessarily have to be. So in that case, it sort of opens up like a field that I could say, well, what if I did another role? What if I change roles? And what what if I didn't do UX anymore? 
right? What if I did UX research? What if I did some other thing? What if I became a program manager, a product manager, or something completely different from software design? So that kind of thing, you know, it kind of opens the door and you ask yourself that, right? So that's one question, the why, the who, you know, my boss, does he give me the freedom to do the things that I, I need to do? Do they give me the ability to, you know, take part in, you know, discovery and, and do they value my opinion and, and all these other things, you know, do they give you room to grow, you know, whatever other things are really important. Are they micromanagers? Are they, you know, do they inspire you to do better? You know, those kinds of things. That's the kind of question you have, you know, and that obviously to me, the, the who, like you said, and, and the, the why are the big things. And for me, at least the what isn't as important. You know, if I'm help, if I'm creating a better paper process or a fit manual process, if it's making someone's day better, you know, I don't know. I don't care. Like, I don't care if I'm using Sketch or Figma or drawing something on a whiteboard or building an, a mobile app or a desktop app or augmented reality or virtual reality. Like, I don't I don't really care about that what as much right and even the how there it's like well how i do it i you know i don't care as long as it's done so i think for me personally it's the why and the who more than the what and the how and hopefully there's a when in there which like is soon (laughs) (laughs) sooner rather than later you know like hopefully it's like immediate not immediate gratification especially enterprise you know that kind of stuff takes months and months and months or or longer sometimes so it's it's a marathon but at least like seeing some progress i think might be important that might be actually now that I mentioned the when is might be even important because it's like you could do all this cool stuff, but if it's never going to get released, what was the point? So maybe there is like an aspect of when, you know, seeing little bits of because that could be very demoralizing, not seeing any progress or continuously like beaten down and not being able to do the things you want to do or never getting released or your your deadlines are always pushed back and back and back. So nothing ever gets pushed to production for a user to actually use that also, I guess, could have some impact in, in what you're doing. Right on. You know, it's funny. Uh, you got the who, you got the what, you got the why, you got the how, you got mm-hmm. the when. Yep. And the final W, I know H isn't a W, but it's got a W at the end. The pay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the old, the old, the old six W, the pay. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but, <laughs> the Skrilla, uh, baby. The Skrilla. The you know, it's funny. Uh, I think everything's funny. Every every time I start a sentence, I say, "You know, it's funny." Um, it's not always funny. You you make the choice, Some, yeah. listener. You tell me it's you know, it's funny. Leave it leave a, leave a note in the comments. Send you know, us an it's email. It's mildly humorous. I was curious if you wanted to play a game with me called "Break Your Bro." Okay, here here's the way it works. Uh-huh. All right, so you present a job where. Okay. Almost all of it's perfect, but then one thing's really messed up, and you see if they'll take okay. the job, because you know okay, I, I okay. know you well enough, and you know me well enough. All right, all right. So you want to go first? Um, or you want me to go first? Oh God, why don't you go? This is your idea. You go first. All right, all right. I kind of been cooking one up anyway. All right. I figured. So you get a call, Jeremy. We got the perfect job for you. We know what your why is. You love making people happy, but we have a lot of people that need to be made happy. All right. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about our business first. Okay. All right. So we sell the most amazing product and we're like a fortune 500 company. I'm telling you, you will be the head, head of design and the work you do will impact the people and we'll give you the best tools that are available. No worry about licensing. We'll take care of all that. You'll have 10 people under you. All right. The thing is this, this, this one kind of, uh, we we make, we make assault rifles. Okay. How how uh, when do you want to start? We'll pay you as much as you want. Oh man, this is interesting. So, it, 
I guess it would depend who you sell them to. <laughs> if you if kids. you told me we're, we're selling, selling them the kids. all to. Ukraine to fight the Russians, I'd be like, sign me up. <laughs> right on. So you're sign me up. Well, the thing, right the, the point I'm trying to make in this in this silly example is that your morals do play a part. Your the way you yeah. feel about your job. The thing I would yeah. not recommend is leaving a job because the work or the the what is boring, because yeah. that isn't your core driver. Your core driver really, I think, should be your why, and finding yeah. out why. You know. Uh, working at Dunder Mifflin paper company, you know, making <laughs> yeah. people happy by delivering the paper they need, you know, it, it can, can drive you through your day and just know at the end of the day, you know, I, I made those people happy, you know, they would be able to like print books for mm -hmm. kids. Like you don't know what they're going to do. Um, but sometimes it's like yeah. a little twisted, you know, you can, and I've had people message yeah. me and like tell me they didn't want to work at a certain company because they did certain things that were, they felt were immoral. That's fa fun. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. In the case of Dunder Mifflin, in your example, I think like in the office, right, it, it's supposed to be just this boring corporate America type of office setting, right? But I think for me, though, like if I think about the people on the manufacturing floor printing out that paper and having to go through this like awful like, you know, I think about like, you know, office basement, filling out TPS reports and all that shit. Yeah. And it's miserable. And, and Peter hates filling out TPS reports and they complain about it constantly. What I would love is I would work for in a tech creating a way so that uh, TPS reports were no longer necessary and no one had to complain about TPS reports. God I would damn. get joy out of that. Peter would love you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would get joy out of helping Peter and his gang of misfits um, you know, feel like they're not being bothered. <laughs> Do you know what? I have <laughs> you know, a question. Like, so they don't, have, they don't have supervisors and supervisors coming in, and my only motivation is not to be bothered. Well, what if we could build some software for you so that you didn't feel like you were being bothered all day and you just got to be a really great software engineer? I'm wondering, Jeremy, do you like reducing people's frustration or making people happy? Which one, like, is, that, is there a distinction in your mind or is it um, more? I think, I think uh, it's the frustration part. I don't, you know, no one's ever going to be happy working. But if you no one will ever so be happy, not, you heard it here. Yeah. Yeah. But like <laughs> no one is going to be happy, you know, working on a shop floor. It's not like, oh, what would you do if I quit? If I won the lottery? Oh, I would work on a shop floor and, <laughs> you know, build cars all day. Like, nobody's going to say that. Yeah. But there are people who have to build cars all day yeah. because they have to work. There are people who have to go and work on a shop floor because whatever reason they didn't get to go to college or, you know, I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever reason it is. But that's their job and they have to do it. And they might make all right money if they're in a union, but maybe not. You know, could you make their job less miserable so that when they go home, they don't feel like chugging a bottle of vodka? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they don't want to drink a six pack of beer and they get home because they're so stressed out all day. And you could improve their life and their family's life and like the quality of life for them and their kids by just making their job less stressful. Right. Like, that's what I love about enterprise design. Your passion for reducing people's frustration, it rubbed off on me when I worked with you closely. And I started to feel that more than I ever had. And I realized that empathy toward the people that you're you're serving these people, you know, and empathy toward Absolutely. them made me like think that, oh, my God, all the kind of service industry type jobs that I had as a cashier, like how I could have thought of it differently and approached it differently and really been empathetic toward the people that 
had to get their groceries for their kids like and barely had mm-hmm. enough money to get them and i would have been like if i thought about that while they were coming down the aisle i wouldn't have been like oh here comes another one you know you know what i mean um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's just yeah, yeah. A, a mindset shift and other people you work with can influence your why and that's fascinating yeah. to me because after that I changed my whole outlook on how people on the shop floor and like, I didn't think they were bad people, but it reminded me of like, oh my God, this is why we're doing this. You know, it just, you know. Yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, it goes back to UX in general. I mean, like building empathy for people and stuff. And I feel like for me, it's easiest for me to have empathy for those people who just have to work all day and come home in a miserable mood. You know, because their job is stressful. And and the thing I always ask is like, there's no reason for software that you use at work to be bad. <laughs> there's no reason for it. The only reason it is it's bad, generally speaking, is because the people that are in charge of building it couldn't care less about the users. <laughs> and they're only building software because someone told them to go build the software. Generally at work, right? Like someone yeah. says, go build this thing. And they say, all right, you told me to build it. I'll build it. It's not like they're a startup and they just have this idea, you know, and they're like, oh, we want to go build this new thing and innovate how people work. No, some executive said, we need to save money. So go do this thing so that we don't have to spend as much money. And so someone's like, well, all right, I guess we could do that. And all right, here's a bunch of requirements. Go build it. I want it done by Q4. You know, that's why enterprise software is generally terrible. <laughs> Because <laughs> no one says, well, uh, you know, uh, if we're going to rebuild this software to save money, maybe we could at least refactor how the interface looks so that it could be more efficient for the users. And if it's more efficient for the users, we actually will save money. So, like, you can knock out two birds with one stone. Making software better for the user doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, you know, uh, that, that it won't help the bottom line. It generally will. If you make if you if you make it easier for your workers to do their work and they enjoy doing their work they're much more likely to do it better and faster because <laughs> they're not miserable and they're not trying to cut corners and they're not trying to take breaks because they're just so stressed out, right? Because the yeah. stupid thing doesn't work or that you have to hit the button eight times before it saves or the page never loads or you've got to make them click 50 times because some random software developer designed an interface that didn't know what they were doing. Empathy's never going to make you bad at your job. And I think that's like, true. why not? be empathetic toward the people you work with and the, and the users, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, if you're, if you're just in it for yourself, try empathy, try it, give it a try. Just try it. Give, give it a, try. a little old try. Could happen. Your Make a friend. Like That's the worst that could happen. <laughs> oh man. Um, just my friends. I always think about Frank in McAllen, Texas. <laughs> uh, one of the operators, actually he's an inspector at uh, one of the shops uh, where we work. And, uh, this guy is just a character, man. He 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 looks like if you were to if this guy were to come up to you at a bar, mm-hmm. a dark, smoky bar, you would probably like be like, oh my god, this guy's gonna murder me or something. But he's he look he's like this old like Spanish guy, um, long hair. He's got like the handlebar mustache, tattoos. He's got like the skull ring. <laughs> Drives Harley's, you know, with the big old handlebars. His hands are up in the air while he's riding. Um, anyway, like, you know, tattoos, leather jacket, all that stuff. That's like this guy, Frank, um, the nicest goddamn dude though, man, (laughs) you know? And he just like has so many, he's so real and honest talking about all this bullshit that he has to go through at work. He's like, why do they make us do this? It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I don't know. That's a great question. Let's fix it. You know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think about Frank. That's my, uh, think about Frank and, and making, making work easier for Frank. 
It's always always fun to see people who uh, act nothing like they look like or, uh, how you know. Yeah, and then immediately nice, after dude. that, I start thinking like maybe every guy I meet that looks like that acts that way. And the next time I, I find somebody, I'm like, hey buddy, how you doing? And they're like, what do you want, kid? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Frank, you, you watch Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever watch Breaking Bad? Do you remember Tortuga? <laughs> yeah. The old Mexican gangster Tortuga. Yeah. Frank looked just like Tortuga. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, and uh, but this is the nicest dude. He actually uh, he would walk with a limp, and and I, I went to the shop two or three times before I actually realized this. But Frank lost his entire right leg in a motorcycle accident. He got hit by a truck and lost his leg. And the dude still rides motorcycles this day. <laughs> and so he's like, "Yeah, my wife's got one too. She's got a Harley as well. So they both ride bikes." I was like, "Dude, my wife, <laughs> Amy would never." Well, she I got hit by a car on my bike. Uh, I was in the hospital for like a week with a, I had a lacerated spleen and uh, she won't let me buy uh, even a scooter to this day. She barely lets me get in a bicycle. <laughs> so, um, you know, she'd never let me buy another motorcycle, but they both ride motorcycles still. I love that. Anyway. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeremy, one fun. night uh, we'll get together. We'll play some Road Rash video game online. Okay. Right. And we'll okay. Uh, get the old, uh, get the old feels up. Uh, but anyway, so that's my why, Derek. I don't know uh, if that helps explain anything about when to leave, when not to leave. Um, the thing we didn't really mention, though, was pay. And I think this is important to, to consider. I think you should be earning what you think you should be earning. Yeah. And I would say don't sacrifice the money for these other things necessarily. You know, if you can't afford it. If you can afford it and you want to take a job at a nonprofit and you know you're making a quarter with like normal people may make at a for-profit company and you're okay with that, then that's fine, you know? But if if you don't want to do it and you can't, that doesn't make you a bad person <laughs> for taking more money, you know? You got to live and you got to enjoy your life and you got to have a good quality of life. Um, I read something online recently, again, one of these like memes on, on LinkedIn or something that was like, you know, you should be um, always either learning or earning you know, preferably both. <laughs> but if you can't learn and you can't earn, leave. So if you're not learning and you're bored and you're miserable and you're not making what you think you should be making, leave. But if you're if you're learning something, fine. If you're earning something, fine. If you're learning and earning, awesome. But if you're doing neither, leave. Yeah, I had a I went on this trip to Mexico. I was just sitting in the pool, looking up at the sky, looking at all these people, going up to the swim, swim up swim sweet. bar, swim up bar, dude, in the big pool. <sighs> And uh, looking at the beach, just thinking like, this is what's important to me. My kids, my family, being able mm-hmm. to do stuff with them and being able to make them happy. Like, those are my key mm-hmm. users, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I didn't feel that way when I was a teenager or when I was a right. in my early 20s because I didn't have all this stuff. And so kind of well, like, you know... So- you know I've, I've thought about this too. Amy and I have talked about this actually. This idea of like just doing whatever you got to do to earn money for your family and your kids and give your kids a better life. There's a there's a balance there between giving your kids a better life and giving them the things they need and also keeping your mental health in mind and yeah, making you sure that you're not yourself, sacrificing yeah. yourself yeah. and being miserable so that your kids can have a nice vacation or something, right? Because ultimately... In this, especially in this case, I think this is my personal opinion. Some people may disagree. If you make yourself miserable to where you're just beat down, just to like make enough money to to take your kids to do you know buy them whatever they want and blah blah blah, are and you're not there for them because you were so stressed out because of work mm-hmm. and whatever other reason. Are you 
improving their life. And at a certain point, there's like a, a negative return there, <laughs> you know, like there's degrade the what's the word De- degrading returns, or whatever. Yeah. So just keep that in mind out there. If you're, you know, you want to go and earn and all this stuff, that's fine. But if you're sacrificing your quality of life, it probably isn't worth it in the long run, especially if you're trying to provide for your family and stuff. You'd, you'd, you'd be better off making less money and being present. Yeah, yeah. If you and, sacrifice and, presence, and, that's that's important. Going on vacation is yeah. kind of a bad example because it's a once one every so often kind of thing. But if you're not there every day, or if you're if you're getting there at at eight o'clock and you know there's a job, you can make a little less coming home at three, you know, or working from home, which is I'm in a situation right now where I have the opportunity to do that. Um, I'll tell you what, dude. It's been like much much better for my family me being at home hard to work because you know i'm not used to it still yeah. after two years but um oh dude i tell you what arlo god damn it when he was home this week <laughs> it ain't easy I, is it I, there's just I, impossible it's like impossible to do he's literally the most hungry kid i have ever it's like I, I give him a snack literally five minutes later can i have a snack i'm like dude i just i just gave you a string cheese like five minutes ago there's no way you can eat a second string cheese right now. And he's like, I'm hungry. I want a popsicle. I'm like, no, no, you're not getting a pop. Get out. Like, just like, get out. Get my out. <laughs> Bro, my little guy, he'll come in oh the studio. God. Like, the door's closed. He'll come in. I say, is it an emergency? I'll be on a call. Emergency? Mm-hmm. He says, yeah. Comes in. Can you download this game? <laughs> Bro, that is not an emergency. He's like, but it's oh four and God. up. <laughs> we have this rule you can't download like uh, games that are 12 and up um oh right yeah. and so he just he's like but it's not it's not he's like you don't get it but you're five so it's okay and i oh, give him a hug cute. and I send him on his way really um, i have an open door policy in my office that's important to me yeah but uh it'll drive me crazy one day we'll see let's just say you weren't already crazy dirk you got a good point jeremy you may already be crazy you may already done gone crazy <laughs> but with that I think that's a pretty good place to end it, Jeremy. <laughs> you may be done going crazy. All right. That's it. All right. Well, we are excited to be back. Happy to have another episode. I tell you what, Derek, I, what we need is like a backlog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was talking with Seth, the, the guy, the product uh, design podcast, and, and I was just curious. I was picking his brain a little bit. Like, how many episodes do you have in your backlog? He's like, oh, we have, you know, uh, he's like uh, probably, I don't know, three or four or five or whatever. I was like, oh, dude, we were like, we do like the just in time, <laughs> like the just in time inventory. We're like just in time podcast. If we don't record that week, we don't, we don't push one out. So I was like, maybe we need to have like a backlog of these things so that we can um, account for when one of us gets sick or busy or, oh, it was like a comedy of errors this past month. Cause like I had to deal with stuff. You yep. had vacation. I had vacation. Then I had stuff with work and you had stuff. And then I had stuff with the fridge and everything else. So yeah, it was a pain in the butt, but um, we'll, we'll try to figure something out. Um, retro timers out there so you're not uh, patiently uh, waiting so long Doug again your favorite sorry yeah. stop hitting the refresh button it'll be there it'll push to you when you're uh, when we when we publish it uh, but check us out on retrotimepodcast.com get yourself some stickers retrotimepodcast.com slash stickers stick it uh, up Derek we're still we're working on those review jams <laughs> we're gonna get those damn things one day oh yeah uh, retrotimepodcast.com slash reviews again you leave us a five star review and you'll I'm gonna stop saying you'll get a song we're just gonna say leave us a five star review and we'll put you in our backlog 
<laughs> you're on the uh, wait we'll list. put you in our backlog yeah you're on the wait list for a jam but we're, we'll get there don't worry uh but you know what it helps us anyway so even if you don't want a song uh have some patience leave us a five-star review and uh it'll help us uh more than you know yeah uh that's it that's all i got Derek. all right well take it easy everybody until next time y'all hey ha ha i like how you do that i'm gonna try that Hey, ha-ha! Hey, ha-ha!